Okay, here we go in three, two, one, and welcome to another edition of the Mind Jam podcast. We're having a special edition, COVID edition today. After all of these updates that are coming out in the media and these studies that are happening, pet parents have more and more questions. So we tried to compile the most popular questions for you and ask our virologist all the way from Cambridge, Dr. Sarah Caddy. Thank you for joining. Hi, good to be back again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Caddy, for taking time out of your, I can't even imagine that the hectic week that you have had, but so much has happened since just the short time ago that we checked in a lot of developments. And then with that has come a tremendous amount of additional confusion and fear. So we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to help dispel some of these myths, but also clarify some of the confusing new headlines that have hit this week, including the most notable Dr. Caddy. Uh, experimentally in a laboratory setting, they now are saying that cats can potentially host COVID-19. Could you go over with our listeners, readers, our audience, and talk a little bit about your viewpoint on that study and what does it mean for all of us as cat owners? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the first thing I want to say is that it's a what we call a preprint, which means it hasn't gone through the rounds and rounds of review that other studies uh, normally have. Other um, reports we get in papers have been looked at by sort of numerous experts in their field before they get published, whereas this is very much a almost a preliminary report. Um, but just to quickly give you an overview, this, this particular study is from China. And they were asking, can cats be infected? And they took a small number of cats, I believe they were less than one year old, and they gave them a big, big dose of the virus straight up their nose. So that immediately tells me it's a very artificial setting. You know, this is this is purely something that happens in a lab. It's not something that would ever happen at home. Your cat would never be exposed to that dose of virus um, and to follow the what they found they they did show that a number of the cats did get infected with the virus and they demonstrated that clearly but as i said this doesn't reflect what happens to your cats you're know, sitting in your um, in your own home they're never going to be exposed to those kind of quantities so in some ways we can take what this study shows with a pinch of salt really um it's they were trying to ask the question whether um you know cats could be useful as an experimental model to study this virus as opposed to really trying to find out what dose you need to infect a cat i mean another thing this this particular study we're talking about also looked at was dogs and that kind of hasn't been picked up by the media but i quickly wanted to mention the fact that they did try and experimentally infect dogs with the virus and i'm pleased to say they had no luck whatsoever dogs weren't susceptible to the virus at all so that's at least something useful to come out of this paper absolutely <laughs> One of the questions that a lot of pet parents were asking was, should I be concerned with my pet's litter box? Because of course, people are reading a lot of the, a lot of words like coronavirus and feces. And you know, in the general layman public, are, these two must be bad things. Do I need to stay away from my litter box completely? Like, should I wear a hazmat suit when I got to go in there and clean out that litter box? So if I remember correctly, in the study, they did find some of the virus in, in, in the feces, but... Uh, there's absolutely no evidence that that could then infect humans. Um, you know, as far as we know at the moment, if uh, if cats can be infected at very high levels, if, if they're exposed to very high levels, um, they may well be what we call dead end hosts. And now that just means they're not 
producing enough virus to infect anything else at all. So, yeah, at the moment, there's there's really no evidence that cats can spread it back to humans. But we're starting to see some evidence that humans can spread the virus to cats, but it's not causing significant disease. Um, and I think that's the, the key message here. There's also been terrible reports of after dogs have been outside, owners in an attempt to try and remove virus particles are dipping their dog's paws in bleach and other incredibly caustic solutions that are causing profound traumatic injuries to animals' bodies. Can you speak a little bit, and even about in the U.S. and North America, there people are, are getting confused about wiping down. There's been some veterinary news outlets suggesting that you can wipe down your pet, but but my concern would be the solutions will either be totally ineffective, like using vinegar is not going to work. You know, using using household disinfectants could be incredibly unsafe. But between the the efficacy and the risk, wiping down of something furry with so much surface area almost seems kind of unnecessary, but also impractical and not efficacious. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. So just wiping down the surface of your dog isn't going to get underneath any of those, the, the, the large amounts of fur that certainly some breeds have. Um, so I, I don't know how much, um, or how much, how valuable that would be. Um, but in terms of maybe washing your dog's feet when they come in, it's certainly not, um, the wrong thing to be doing if you do it sensibly. Um, but the same same kind of things that you would use yourself, just normal hand wash, um, just gentle soap is going to be so much better than any of these sort of more caustic agents. I mean, ideally, um, if you have any pet shampoos, they're especially designed for animals, that would be what I'd reach for first. Um, but in the absence of those, then, you know, simple, gentle hand washes that you're using for yourself, as long as you're rinsing it off the fur afterwards you know that's the soap is going to break apart the virus and also the washing action is going to just you know put the get the virus off the 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 fur or the feet of the animal so that's that's a much more sensible way to go if if you are wanting to do that for your pets now the big debate is can my pet sleep in my bed because some of the concern overseas is the fact that people could cough in their sleep and not realize it when they wake up and they could potentially cough on their pet. What is your take on this? Can my pet sleep in my bed during this crisis that we're in right now? Um, I think if you're infected and you're worried about um, obviously infecting your animal, the only concern is that if the animal was then very, very close to someone else who wasn't infected already. They could be essentially that dirty towel between the two people. Um, but in terms of making your pet ill, that's not something that we have any real evidence that can occur yet. But you know, news reports are coming out all the time. You know, the things I'm learning today are different from last week. Um, but I think now if we've hit a million cases worldwide, I think we it would be very clear if a lot of human to animal transmission was happening by now. That makes sense. The other headline that was uh, a little shocking, but also not surprising given human nature, is that it appears that in some parts of the world, Pet food is the new hoardable object. Pet food is the new toilet paper in this last week where people are securing mass volumes of dog or cat food, just much more than they could ever consume in a year. And that's 
creating some local shortages. And in addition to people hoarding pet food, thinking that I don't, I'm not quite sure what the theory is. I'm not quite sure what the theory is behind the toilet paper. There's been some concern about packages being delivered in the mail. And if, if we need to be nervous about handling packages, people are now also very nervous about their pet food packages and disinfecting their pet food packages, which is a little overwhelming. Could you speak to both of those concerns specifically pertaining sure, to pet food? Sure, no, absolutely. So firstly, talking about hoarding pet food. Now, I can completely understand why some people are doing this because obviously, you know, we do all worry about animals not having enough food. Um, but yet there is no reason to think there's the, the food chains or the supply chains are going to stop in this instance. So in the UK, for example, key workers, healthcare um, professionals, but also those involved in uh, the supply chains for any, you know, any food production. Um, so from that point of view, I really urge um, people who are hoarding pet food to think of the, sort of the bigger animal community here. And by taking loads yourself, then you're potentially depriving um, other animals. And that's, you know, that's not fair for the pets that don't belong to you. Um, now, in terms of the packaging angle, now, there's been uh, some studies that have looked at how long a, the virus can survive on different objects and on things like cardboard, um, the virus can only survive, you know, maximum, I think, of around 24 hours. It's not it's not very long. And obviously, that's the worst case scenario in an experimental lab. So I think if you're worried about um, contamination from your pet food that's coming in, leave it somewhere safe that you're not touching it for a couple of hours, maybe just overnight. And by that time, any virus will be completely gone and then it will be completely safe to bring into your home or into a different room. Um, I think there's no reports that I'm aware of of actually someone handling some kind of material like that, some kind of food, and then getting infected. I think the virus doesn't survive very well outside the human body. Personally, it just does not seem like a good idea to be hosing or, or dropping your bags of pet food in water with soap. I mean, if water gets inside of that, you have a epic, moldy, rancid fat disaster on your hands. Just put the bag off in a room for a day if you're even more paranoid than two days, but you don't have to be soaking your bags with uh, like a hose and soap and, and so on and so forth. Another really big topic right now, Dr. Caddy, is pet parents who have these appointments, these vet appointments that are coming up. I mean, Dr. Becker, you know this very well. This is the time of year for wellness exams. What should pet parents be thinking here? Is this even, does it, does it, should people be going to their vets at this point? Should be, people be like hiding at home? What, what are your recommendations here? So this is, this is tricky. And I think we need to think from sort of two points of view here. So first, if you think from the human side, so the actual veterinarians themselves, well, I know lots of veterinary clinics in the UK are suddenly down to a skeleton staff um, because of maybe individual members being ill or their children being quarantined or not having childcare, for example. So suddenly you've got half the number of people working your vet clinics. They're very short-staffed. And we really need to prioritise emergency cases. So things that are life-threatening for animals and put those first. Um, so that's that's really important. Um, 
And of course, we don't want to be putting our veterinarians at risk of, of transmitting disease. If you know, if you're if you yourself have symptoms of, of, of COVID nineteen, you don't you don't want to be spreading it to your vet, who will then be unable to see patients for you know a couple of weeks potentially. So, I think we really need to look after our veterinary teams at the moment. Um, but I completely understand people who you know they want their their checkups, their you know potentially their vaccines. Um, but I really would urge people to think about um, making sure they're only visiting, only going out with their animals to, to veterinary places if their animal is actually sick at the moment. Um, and I know there's lots of um, recommendations about vaccines and they have to be done at a certain time. Um, but if your animal isn't going out as much because um, you're not able to travel around as much because there's sort of various restrictions and actually the chances of your animal coming into contact with the infectious diseases, which you only vaccinate against, you know, those those chances are significantly reduced. So actually, as long as you know you're socially distancing, your animals should be doing that to a degree as well. So they're at less risk of catching all the normal things that we're worried about. So I would I would urge um, people to to avoid sort of the general wellness checkups for the time being, but do bear in mind, obviously your vet will be able to speak to you over the phone um, and of course can see you if there's if there is an emergency that does require veterinary intervention. I think in, in conclusion, we're back to the same conclusions we had in our first podcast, which are we don't give away our kids, our grandmas or our pets. If, if they are exposed through a family member or ourselves, we can care for them while we are isolating and caring for ourselves. We continue to provide care to all of our family members, including our pets. Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. Then I think there's a really important messages to keep getting across to people. And even though we are getting this new information coming out from these you know, various experimental studies or case reports, actually the bottom line is still the same. Um, pets are so important at this particular time and we need to look after them and again, not be worried that they're susceptible to this virus. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so honored and glad uh, Dr. Caddy, you joined us and you know you, you helped Mind Jam with Dr. Becker and myself. Thank you so much again for joining us and hopefully if there's more updates we can bring you back on again thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time